Welcome to the You Are Human, the podcast. My name is Colin Lowry. I'm joined by my lovely and talented cousin, Dan Sternoff. Buyer. Thank you. Hi, Dan. How are you tonight? Hey, buddy. (laughs) I'm doing really well. I've been on the computer all day, and I hate it. I hate it. I hate the way my wrists feel. Um, But here I am. Do you have a trackball mouse? Uh, I do have a trackball mouse. Because, you know, you get that carpal tunnel or whatever that syndrome is... uh, if you move your hand all the time, I definitely I do. I, I go back and forth between the thing on the computer that I use the fingers on, the keyboard and the trackpad, trackpad. and then I also have the laser mouse with the little rolly dolly on the top. Oh, nice! So I'm all switching right. back and forth a lot, but still, it's just like in front of the screen all day. No one likes that. Yeah. Were you in front no, of the screen no all day? That. Pretty much. Yeah. What were you doing? Um. Well, today. Uh, not much. Today was kind of a slow day. Um, but hold on a second. I wanted. To, I want to ask you. Why don't you say something about yourself? Oh, who are who are you? And and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like unofficially, you're human, obviously. But uh, what else is there about you that's interesting? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, make it good. No, I'm just kidding. Don't all right, okay. Um, so I, my name is so my what I tell people <laughs> is my name is Dan Sternoff Buyer, and I'm a public artist. I am working in Somerville, Massachusetts, outside of Boston, uh, with the group New American Public Art. We make interactive public art for the people for free. Uh, so. Yeah, we feel like information should be free, art should be free, and people should feel agency in their environment. Uh, and that's where the interaction comes in. So art that you can change, art that changes because of you, and that sort of thing. Uh, I also take photos, I write music, uh, do some puzzles, and draw little pictures, and and uh, yeah, that's my, that's good. That's my shit. That's good. You know, I was going to say just a little antidote. And that would be, um, it's hard visiting museums with you because I've gotten a lot better. I'm better now. uh, I swear to God. Because I remember (laughs) if something isn't interactive in a museum and that's like almost a hundred percent of anything that's in like a public museum, it's not interactive. You can't touch it. You can't, whatever. You get a lot of complaining from Dan because I think you like, you want, you want something to, you want something tactile, something you can touch. Yeah, it's true. I was actually I was in the uh, I was in the Modern Art Museum in New York the other day, actually, and I was walking around. There was nothing. You couldn't touch anything, and I was just setting off the alarms because it was the only kind of interaction I could get. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I had a good I had a good idea, uh, which which I'm help, which I'm developing with a couple other programmer people. Because okay, so you know your dad, right? I would hope so. Yeah. So he's like an abstract painter, and and you and you're an yeah. appreciator of abstraction and, and stuff like that. So so you might know some of these paintings that I'm going to talk about. So at one point, I'm in the MoMA, and I walk into this room. It's real quiet in there, 
And there's like 5, 10, 15, 20 people in there, and they're all standing around looking at these huge paintings of just blue and, and just green. And it's just solid color paintings. You mean like a Rothko? Or a Klein, or I don't know who these people right, are, right? right but there's, yeah. just, there's a bunch yeah. of different ones that just did color, and they're just like purple. Right. Uh, and they're huge paintings. That's all they were. So I was thinking... You know, this is nice. Everyone likes color. Who doesn't like color? That's like somebody who doesn't like music. That's crazy. Uh, so what if, like, it was a little camera somewhere near the painting that looked out at you, and it just took one pixel out of its out of its out of its view, and it just blew that pixel up all over the entire painting. So basically, if you stood in the right spot, you're like green jacket would find the, the the camera would find that green jacket and the entire huge wall would be just the solid green of your green jacket. And so the people wandering around the gallery really were they were the art. They were this like huge that's, that's color. That's a great idea. And then people as soon as they realize it they start pulling out their red underwear and they start like doing their eyeballs and stuff like that and and they start having a really good time and you know the art You still get this beautiful appreciation of color, but you also get this appreciation of you and what you have on and what your color is. You know what I'm saying? That sounds that sounds really great. I mean, I'm fucking making it happen. I don't know if I mean, is this like a secret project or something? Hell no, man. Okay. Are you kind of an open source kind of guy? I'm a completely. We've totally changed everything to be totally open source. So every project that we do, we post a full tutorial on how to make it and, That's commendable. and everything. So everything is totally free. I was actually, I was in DC with my dad walking around some other modern art museum. And I was, I was actually going through some Klein exhibit, you know, Klein blue and all that stuff. Right, and they had right. a, they had a, a movie about him. Uh, and he had some great idea about how he was gonna, God, what was he going to do? He was going to, he was going to infuse sponges with helium uh, and then also, like, put a magnet in them so somehow he could, like, get them to levitate above pedestals. Wow. And I remember... This never worked, but uh, I remember in the video, he had, there's a letter that he wrote to somebody else describing this idea and then saying, like, do not ever tell anybody this. It's too important. This is going to be the best thing ever. And that just hmm. really rubbed me the wrong way. I was just, like, not... It's not how I feel lately, you know? I have so many well, I mean, ideas. The world's changed, don't you think? Absolutely, I mean, yeah. I think the world is... I don't know when... Do you know about what time that was? I, I, is it, it like was the beginning black, of the... Uh, black and white photography. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, whatever time it was. I, I mean... I just hold on to tiny things and, and just forget everything else and get really mad about the small thing that I held on to. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds healthy. I don't think there's anything. Different. <laughs> I don't think there's anything to uh, feel ashamed about that. I'm, uh, yeah, I am. But it, but it really is. I, I, it is commendable because uh, I can imagine. You know, I hope that you, someone takes your ideas, um, and you, you could have in China or in Morocco or all over the place. You could have like. Um, you know, a whole team of people around the world that you didn't even like even talk to. And they're just building the same thing. That would be a, that would be cool. You know? 
Yeah, I mean, the way I see it is I'm not going to get rich. Ever. <laughs> so, so, uh, so why the fuck am I hoarding ideas? You know what I mean? If someone else takes one of my ideas and gets rich, you know, that's probably because they knew somebody that was rich. I don't know anybody who's rich. I'm never going to know anybody who's rich. So, uh, so why am I hoarding my ideas? It's ridiculous. I just want to have more beautiful things in the world. And if somebody picks up some idea I had and actually makes it, that that's fantastic. You know, like more power to them. It's awesome. What? Um, well, before we um, go on, I just want to say uh, two things about myself. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. I get to ask the questions now. No, wait, hold on a second. I want to say my clothes smell like Korean barbecue. That's one thing. And I also, I made st- some steel-cut oatmeal today. I forgot about that. That You know, steel-cut oatmeal, it's healthier than instant oatmeal, but it's a real pain to cook because it you can't just cook and eat it. You have to cook and let it sit, and uh, it takes time and patience. Do you want to know a secret yeah. about that? Some hippie told me. Well, yeah, I do. Is there a secret? Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's the deal. What you want to do is the night before, you get right. out your steel-cut oatmeal and you let it soak in water with some raisins overnight. Mm. And what happens is that it begins to start the germination process and starts to like activate all the good enzymes and whatnot, and then the raisins swell with the water and uh, mm. and get a little bit of sugar kind of going in there and everything. So then when you when you wake up in the morning, you just bam, turn on the stove. Those things are already sort of been sautéing in their own juices. All their enzymes are getting ready to go. And, you know, all the mojo and the juju is starting to kick. Hippies told me this. And then you uh, and then you eat it and you just feel like a million mandalas, man. You feel real good. What did you just say? A million mandalas? Yeah, you know. No. Is that a saying over there in Boston? No, definitely not here. <laughs> it's, I mean, it should be stated that, you know, Danny, I call him Danny. Yeah, all right. Dan Byer um, kind of had his own hippie commune. Well, I mean, it was Is that right to say? It, was, it wasn't mine. It's, it was n- no, but you were the social it was nobody. leader. I was not the leader. It was a community of individuals. <laughs> I, was, I was the facilitator. Right, but it, it was it, what was your title, social faci- facilitator? It was, it was, it was meeting facilitator. Uh, meeting. <laughs> I cannot picture any hippies in a meeting. <laughs> yeah, man. We would eat dinner, and then everybody would get kind of comatose in a food coma, and then we we slap the meeting with them, and we'd be like, "Vote on these things." You know, we need. We need more soy milk, and we need uh, you know recycled toilet paper, and then Ugh. and then the people be like you know the hardcore hippies who just ate veggies instead of the carbs or whatever during dinner, and they weren't all passed out yet. They'd be like, "We'll just steal it from the university," and then we get in this big argument where they're like, "The university doesn't use recycled toilet paper, so if we're stealing from them, they're going to buy more of the bad stuff." But like we buy stuff like what's it better to like steal the toilet paper or buy the recycled ones we get in these long meetings or hours this is all about the toilet paper yeah <laughs> and then 
Yeah, well, that's what I did for years of my life. That's true. And I have a little, little bit of that still is still there. It's true. <laughs> Do you? Well, I mean, I would imagine how many how many years I was most of your college, your college life. Yeah, that's four years. Yeah. Four years is a big heavy. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. All right. Could you give yourself a little introduction? Who are you? Uh, well, I'm, you're human. I'm, I'm going through kind of an existential crisis at the moment. Which so. is a very human thing to do. <laughs> it is, but um, so it maybe makes it a little bit tougher to describe. But um, I was, uh, I went to, uh, my name is Colin, Colin Lowry, Colin James. Lowry. Love that. Love that I, I went to uh, UCLA and studied philosophy there, and uh, to this day I still live in Westwood, which is south of UC, just south of UCLA. So I go, I still go up to campus sometimes. Um, and actually, I you know, there's stories about people who attended le- who who were never registered students at UCLA, but they attended classes. Um, for years without anyone finding out, which I always find kind of fascinating and, you know, it's kind of a free education because you've been in big lecture halls. There's no, you know, you don't scan in for attendance or anything. Not yet. Not yet. No, but in, but still, I think it's, I mean, I haven't done it yet, but I have been kind of thinking like maybe in my free time I could sneak into some I would really have to enjoy the lectures to do it now. What class <laughs> like would you take on maybe the slide? Philosophy classes. Yeah, like what? Philosophy of mind, maybe. I don't think I ever took philosophy of mind while I was at UCLA. But what do they teach in that class? Um, like I said, I've, <laughs> I don't think I ever took the class when I was at <laughs> UCLA. <laughs> but anyway, but um, and then is that like after Berg, school, is that like Bergson and shit like that? What is it? Yeah, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's like consciousness and stuff like that. What is consciousness? And I don't know. Again, I, I really, I would be curious to know more about it, but I, I never got the chance. Is that more to like it. an epistemological question? Like, kind of, but epistemology, yeah, I think it's, it's like, a little bit separate. Do you think consciousness and knowledge are fairly, well, fairly separate? Well, in in the in the UCLA system i think it was kind of separate but 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 since it's like a kind of a survey class and pretty low level i don't think it touched on even a, i mean epistemology maybe but um i think maybe uh, maybe issues about uh maybe even free will and stuff love that you know, stuff not, i got in a really good argument uh with my roommate about free will the other day and we actually came to an agreement. It was the first really? time I'd ever come to an agreement in a free will uh, debate. It was fantastic. Can I can I ask what this what the end result was? Yeah, after you end up after you finish describing your humanity. And then I went to school again at UCLA to study um, sound engineering and uh, audio recording, and. As we speak, I'm, you know, doing some stuff with technology and actually, you know, I'm not actually sure what the next thing is, but I think it's going to involve 
integrate the integrate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The integration with uh, some kind of app with with uh, I guess a live venue maybe that that uh, streams all of its events through an app. Um, YouTube already kind of does that with some concerts, but I guess the idea would be to have a live venue that specifically kind of has cameras always set up for digital streaming broadcast. Um, but I'm actually, you know, I'm, again, I'm, I'm really kind of in a weird place where I'm not exactly sure. Someone suggested that I should study, go to USC and study cyber counterterrorism. Who was so, that? Who Dessou said that? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I, you know, I don't know what the next step is, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so, uh, maybe, you know, hopefully, hopefully my life, everything will kind of come together and I, and I have a, really big love for music and a a really love a big love for film and a big love for technology so i think those three things um you know hopefully something will be kind of come together we'll see um so now next oh by the uh, way you said i think a really good title for the show what was it as we speak that's, yeah, good. that's good. That's good. Yeah, that is good. Welcome that to is... As We Speak, the podcast. As Today's episode speak. is You Are Human. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You can you could title each episode. We do have a lot of random titles <laughs> at, this, at this point. So that is good. So w- welcome to As We Speak. Uh, as We Speak, we decided... The title, so that's very fitting. Okay, um, cool. All right, off to a good start. Nice. Well, you know, it's kind of a, maybe a kind of a boring topic, but you live in Boston, Massachusetts, and so uh, they say. And it's been pretty stormy over there. We got two feet of snow in uh, two days. Just recently, a lot. two days ago, we got two feet of snow in two days. You know, as the maybe as the icon for this podcast, I'll put that picture that you sent me. You built what did you, what did you do in the snow the other day? Okay, uh, so one of my one of my fascinations for a number of years now, an embarrassing amount of years, maybe potentially, uh, <clears throat> has been the rabbit hole of. Platonic solids, mm. and, and the uh, <laughs> the uh, oy, this is where I push my glasses up my nose and I say something really nerdy. Anyways, <clears throat> um, whew, I'm getting all embarrassed now. So one of the uh, my favorite platonic solid, <laughs> yeah, is the dodecahedron, and I've been thinking about the dodecahedron for a number of years. Uh, let's see if I can cram it into a bumper sticker. Okay. The dodecahedron represents elite knowledge. And it, you mean it symbolizes that? What, is this from ancient Greek? Right. Uh, so, but, Platonic, meaning like the, the perfect form? 
Right. So there are only five platonic solids, uh, meaning that each face and each vertices and each edge are all the same. Mm. Uh, and there's only five possible ones in all of math. There's no way to make another one. Uh, and the dodecahedron is, is one of those. Uh, and when the Greeks were sitting around with paper or papyrus or whatever they're doing and clay, I don't know, they're figuring all these out uh, and they figure out the, the tetrahedron, the octahedron, the hexahedron, the icosahedron. And then when they get to the dodecahedron, they say, oh my God, this, uh, this represents the universe and everything, uh, but we can't show anybody because you can derive a rationality from its pentagonal face and therefore, uh, it totally flies in the face of our whole philosophy about the universe. Uh, and we're in power right now in Greece. And if, any, if this gets out, we're going to be like burned at the stake. <clears throat> so basically, they hid the dodecahedron from the public. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, I like to basically make public dodecahedrons. And one of the ways that I do that is, uh, is make them out of snow. So I make I pack a bunch of snow into a big mold that's kind of like a box that unlatches, and uh, and then I then I just leave them around when it's snowy, uh, and people love it. People love the shape. They just look at it and they're just like, I've never seen angles like that. That's crazy. You're a crazy person, and uh, and I and I laugh. I laugh at them. <laughs> when do you get When do you get interested in that? Uh, it, in college? No, it was uh, it was about. Mm, this is about four years ago, so it was a couple of years. It was about three or four years after college. I was playing with paper, and I I really liked all the ways you can unfold a cube. So if you have a paper cube and you cut along its, its uh, vertices uh-huh. or its sides, not through the face but through the edge, you can unfold it in a bunch of different ways. Turns out you can only unfold the cube eleven different ways. There are only 11 mm. unique ways you can unfold it. And so I was like, oh shit, well that's kind of interesting. I wonder how many ways you can unfold the dodecahedron. So I started in on cutting dodecahedron. They're called nets, is what these are called. And I started unfolding them and unfolding them, and I got up to like 100, 200. I started getting real tired. I was like, well, there's got to be a mathematical way to figure this out. So I started looking around and looking around, and eventually I found the number... And apparently there's 43,680 different ways you can unfold it. Wow. And I just That's... don't believe that. Huh. And I don't believe it so much that I tried to contact the people that actually came up with the number. These are like mathematicians? Mathematicians, yeah. And they won't, they won't write me back. <laughs> uh, my theory is that they're not subtracting uh, the unique spanning trees correctly uh because anyways it doesn't matter well we've lost everyone <laughs> that's all right anyone that told you it was a rabbit hole. could be listening <laughs> sorry no i'm just kidding but they're but actually i mean oh. they're really they're beautiful thank you um they're much less confusing when it's just a big it's just a big snow thing in the front in, in your face so really when nice. you really become eccentric you'll try you'll explain to you'll you'll make it a point to explain to every single person that comes by and sees it what exactly <laughs> it is. At this point, yeah. if I can get the public or somebody from the public to just say the word dodecahedron correctly, I feel like it's just a victory. 
beyond because I'm you here. Should I'm be here in local news in no time. I would imagine you are. In I, the, wasn't there a local news story? It wasn't about Dodeca. Yeah, Dodeca actually, it either. was. Yeah, I've been on, so on the, the local NPR station. Did an interview with me uh, a couple years back when there was a lot of snow. And it's and it's an interview of me like packing snow into a snow decahedron mold. Oh yeah, I call them snow decahedrons. It's it's catchy, and uh, I like that. And it's only like a fifteen second interview, and because it's only fifteen second, they play it in between all kinds of shows all the time, just because as, huh. as a space filler. So my friends are always texting me, and they're like, "I heard you on the radio talking about snow decahedrons again." So. Yeah, I'm a you're, lo- you're going to become a local legend. I'm a local celebrity. Yeah, I made a you, I made a dodecahedron birdhouse that people like. The birds hate wow. it though. There's not a single bird gone in there yet. <laughs> is it is it because it's in the shape of it, or what repels the birds? Uh, I think it's in a busy intersection, but it would be pretty interesting. <laughs> it's <a busy> intersection. <laughs> There's no, there's no wildlife it was, yeah, it's, within <laughs> a mile of that area. <laughs> I would actually find it much more fascinating if the birds were repelled by the uh, sacrilegious shape of the dodecahedron. Or maybe it's just like they can't get their feet right. It's not comfortable or something like that. Maybe. So yeah, that's what I'll do. I'm actually having a show at a local uh, sculpture gallery. Uh, uh, called the De Cordova this weekend going out there making snow decahedrons for everybody wow. I'm going to make a big uh, like five foot tall one and um, you're going to do it live yeah yeah and there's wow. there should be about you know a couple hundred people probably go through there I'll probably make 50 or 60 and just totally transform some big swath of land into a to a geometric forest that's awesome though that's awesome you know I have an affinity towards um, I have affinity towards things that are symmetrical, um, so maybe it kind of runs in the family. Did, I, I don't think it's just you, you know. Yeah, I think that's maybe a hu- maybe a human nature kind of thing, isn't it? Absolutely, uh, a, uh, symmetry is a sign of good genes, and so people who are more symmetric are more beautiful. Right, right, right. A- when, asymmetry when... is actually is actually looked down upon by all animals. When choosing a mate, correct, right, huh? However, in design, in the design world, asymmetry actually is denoted as uh, a higher intelligence of of uh, graph, basically, so and um, and and bottom structure. So when you hmm. put like you know the title kind of like down on one corner in a picture with a big negative space. People see that as a smarter design than uh, than like everything being centered. Hmm. So, that's interesting. Factoid. Um, <laughs> I, I was going to ask you. I mean, this is kind of a hypothetical question. Um, can well, you, I'm, can, not, can you I, sample, I'm not done because I wanted to ask what you just did right there, and just we'll put to, a lot of reverb on it, and then we'll, that'll be the thing that we play every time. Okay, go well, on. I wanted to ask you though about well before maybe we do that I was gonna I want to ask you about um, 
a few things that probably i mean you could probably care less but <laughs> what jeez <laughs> well i mean no I, faith. I, you know i don't know got no faith no. um how do you feel about jj abrams directing the next star wars movie oh okay i just gotta say i didn't like it's a hot topic did not like his comments about how he was like I love Star Wars so much, and by the way, even though like I've already I've done two Star Trek films, I don't even like Star Trek. I was like, "What the fuck? You don't like Star Trek? You've done two Star. They were good films." So but I, he, but he, he had, but he, he, his biggest inspiration is Star Wars for those films, right? I mean, apparently, fuck, yeah, it I mean, sucks. Anyways, I love science but, fiction, even if okay. I, I mean, I think that I think it's a good thing. J.J. Abrams directing Star Wars. What the fuck? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think it, it's not maybe the best news ever, but it could be a lot worse. It, it could have been someone a lot worse than him to to do it. So I think that, and it's it's going to be written by uh, the guy who wrote Little Miss Sunshine and That's Toy a good Story thing. Three. That's a actually, good thing. and he's a. I saw him actually. I went one of the advantages of living in Los Angeles is that you can go to Q and A's, um, with like screenwriters and stuff like that and see them, you know, and they talk about their work and stuff. And, uh, I did, I went to one about toy story three. Um, and, uh, he's a really smart guy. So, so I, I'm very hopeful about the script being good. So that's a good sign. That is Um, a good sign. I am not, I'll just be, Blatantly honest, I'm not looking forward to the lens flares. You know what I'm saying? If I see, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. If I see a fucking lens flare, man. Yeah, but that's a very Spielberg thing. I mean, did, no, did Spielberg a, do no, that? No, that is J.J. Abrams through and through. Every I Spielberg did, does that a lot in like E.T. and stuff like that. Close Encounter, the third kind. No, I mean, not uh, as much as Abram. I mean, Abram lens really flares just, are beautiful to some degree, aren't they? Ah oh, man. Do you not like them because that you feel like you're at the camera? Like it's a it's kind of artificial that you're not viewing it from some kind of human perspective but from the lens of a camera? Is that why you don't like that? A little bit, yeah. I mean, especially to the extent that they were taken in the last Star Trek movie. Right. right it was just like one. out of or the first one, whatever, I don't know. The the one that Adrian Abram did, like just out of control, like totally out of control, just cutting across the screen at all times. It's just like, this is ridiculous. This doesn't make any sense. Like a a nice subtle one, you know, because the light is actually really bright and shining at your face. I mean, that's okay. Once in a while. I mean, that happens in people's glasses or when you squint your eyelashes sort of do this, uh, you know, I don't know, thing with lensy flare things. That's a question actually that I've always had in my life. When you squint, and you look yeah. at streetlights. Yeah. They do this sort of they do this sort of lens flary effect and Yeah, they do. And why, they do. Why, what's happening right there? What, what? I've never known what's happening. I thought it was because my eyelashes were polarizing the light or something. There has to be some reason. Anyways. And now we'll go to an interview with on the <laughs> Uh um Okay, other so, other than that though, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I feel like, you know, it's funny because Star Wars 
and I think this happened to a lot of people, but I mean, Star Wars, I used to love Star Wars. And then, and then the Phantom Menace came out and I went opening day with my dad and it was just completely ruined. And, and I kind of like disowned Star Wars. Yeah, me too. So, yeah. So I just couldn't even think about it for those the three prequels. And then now it's kind of like, wow, I mean, I could really get back into it if it if it you know it's a pretty good film so that that, that is kind of exciting for me i think I the, I sound the only things that have been saving star wars in the years that has gone by because those films are just like ruining it ruining it for so many people are right. the cartoon network did like pretty pretty sweet episodes of like clone wars you know like which one the new one or the one that was done by um the guy who did samurai jack that one the the first the, fir- the first one was awesome those yeah, i've never like, seen that those ones are like great pacing like great fight scenes uh you know once you get over the animation being like a little weird looking like really solid stuff going on and also yeah, i'll have to check those out the video, the Star Wars video games, are fucking cool, man. What like the like, Knights uh, of the Old Republic and stuff like that? Like, oh uh, yeah, those yeah. are all like totally pushing the story and pushing yeah. the universe. And uh, and there's a new one coming out that's like all about being inside the what's that? What's the planet with all the cities on it? <laughs> Tatooine. Bullshit. I don't know. Fuck I, I you, you're know. not a fan. I mean, I don't know oh, the names. Oh, man. Alderaan. Baraka. Like I said, it's been years since I was a Insara. fan. Sarah. Infinity. Fucking, what's the one with all the... Anyways. Do you play video games? Like, I no, mean, did, I did I just watch the you, trailers. Do you play... Uh, <laughs> the, you know what had a, was a good trailer was that trailer um, for the online one. The... the yeah. The... Uh, whatever that MMO is yeah, that had a great trailer. That that would have been, I mean, a great trailer for a film. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. When that came out? Yeah, that was great. But I, I the MMO doesn't look that great, but, yeah. um, it's not my thing, but you know, mass effect is a pretty cool game for yeah. science fiction. Yeah. Um, I follow, I, I follow, I follow. You did, you played through the whole thing. Yeah, I just, well, I just played through mass effect two, And then now I'm playing through, three but i mean as far as science fiction goes it seems like that's kind of the best science fiction um when it comes to even film lately i mean you know a lot of people like looper no don't (laughs) don't well i was gonna ask you about that why don't we we talked about looper before did well we didn't even release it and i hadn't seen it i don't think you saw it though, right? But you didn't like it. I don't like things that just shit on time, okay? The only time travel movie that you like is Primer, right? And Time Crimes. <laughs> is that from the 80s? No, it's a, it's like a French movie released recently. Huh. Oh, Time Crimes is Spanish. Spanish, sorry, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That movie. Yeah, that was great. That was a great movie. It's um, because they pick a definition of time and they stick to it. And that frames the movie. It that's the that's the that's it, you know? It's like you 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 pick you pick a 
It's like you pick a name, <laughs> and then you use the damn name. Right. And, and they say that that's like advice for your resume. Like, I've been reading about resumes lately. <laughs> And like they say, like if you do one thing, stick to it for the rest of the resume. You know, formatting wise. Yeah, you, you don't know? just throw papyrus in there and then end it with a Comic Sans fucking sur- sans serif. Right. Okay. So F- Futra. What I'm saying yeah. is, uh, is Looper really fucked up. And I think basically, if you if you just watch the the little like Hishi movie on on how it how it should end. They just basically blow it open all the way. It's like perfect. That's all you need to see. Wait, he, she, he, is this, is it, who is that? Uh, you can just Google uh, how it should have ended, Looper. And there's a little, there's this little like hilarious uh, like YouTube, I don't know, animation um, guys. They've done a lot of episodes that are basically just like movie, like how movies should have ended and the Looper one is fantastic. I'll, I'll check that out. I thought it was okay, but it's it's funny because like when you think of it in comparison to a lot of like movies that come out these days, I mean, I think it was pretty decent. But like, no, oh, I was entertained. I was totally right. entertained. I but I it might wasn't even it wasn't watch spectacular. It, again. it was a good movie, but uh, but I just I just can't endorse it because I just cannot get behind the use of time. I just can't. Yeah. So I no, I I can see that. The the one thing that I found kind of odd is and you know what like just talking about these subjects probably it's going to garner a lot of negative. If anyone listens to this, I mean, you know, people love Looper. I think that was a pretty popular film. But um you know, people I, also like tapioca that they leave out for days. <laughs> you know. Right. Well, uh, I mean, it, so people don't necessarily know what's best for them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, I, I might, it still might be a tasty thing, but like, should you really be eating that tapioca? Probably not. <laughs> did, you like, did you like Inception? Yeah. I, I liked Inception. I liked it. Okay. I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah. That, okay. Good. 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 Um, well, I was just going to ask you uh, just about two other things in the film world. Is uh, did you see Skyfall or, or I did uh, see Skyfall? Yeah. Did you like Skyfall? Did, well, first of all, let me ask: Were you a big fan of James Bond movies growing up? Not really. No, actually, I didn't really watch a lot of James Bond movies. I was that was my thing. That yeah. was my main thing. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Do you, were you there that year that like I made everyone at the Christmas house watch Goldfinger? Uh, no, but I really wish I was there. That sounds great. Yeah, I I remember my grandmother. My grandmother must have seen it, but you know, whenever the name Pussy Galore was used, <laughs> it was just like cringeworthy. And I, even at that time, it was just so embarrassing. But I, yeah, I made I, I we went to like a a small rental you know, VHS rental place. Uh, and I don't think we ever rented a movie ever at the Christmas house, but just that year, um, I was just so into James Bond that I couldn't even, I couldn't leave it alone for a few days away from home. <laughs> so, uh, so we watched Goldfinger. But VHS. W- w- oh, of course. Yeah. Most of my, <laughs> of course. I mean, I, yeah. VHS. Um, did you like Skyfall? Uh, no, I didn't. 
<laughs> you're hard to please. Again, I, I I thought Skyfall was a good movie, but and I I would definitely see that again rather than Looper. But um, I was surprised that it was everyone loved it so much. I mean, people really loved I that didn't, movie. I didn't feel like it was a James Bond movie. I don't know. Huh. What is James Bond to you? James Bond to me is crazy, <laughs> awesome, like, toys. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we got, like, like weird gadgets. And, like, he's, like, MacGyver's super-duper rich ninja brother. You know what I mean? Who's, like, always showing him up. <laughs> so he's got, like, he's, like, Mr. Gadget mixed with uh with like Donald Trump or something. I don't know. So it's like well Bruce Wayne is kind of that to some degree. Yeah, actually, yes. James Bond is like a happier, slicker, doesn't hide in the shadows version of Batman. You know what I'm I saying? I think that's true. And yeah. so like in this movie, he was just like sneaking around in the shadows no toys, like hanging out in some dirty field in Ireland and blowing up stuff. I mean, I was ah. I know I it's mean, been said a million times, but that the ending is. I mean, and spoilers, but I mean the ending really is like Home Alone. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. That that doesn't seem very James Bond. The, the, that kind of he doesn't need to lure people into a booby trap. <laughs> house i don't know that just doesn't make as much sense but i thought the you know the villain was pretty good i thought javier bordem was good of course he was good He was really good i think they just like they did a really good job with him uh i think they sort of ripped off his character in in no, no country. country a lot you know and they're like you should yeah. sort of like do that and like blah blah because blah. like i think he can pretty much do anything but i think they told him to be a lot like his character in uh, probably that was i mean that that was probably one of the best villains i've maybe ever seen in in no country for all men he's yeah he's utterly menacing nothing really impresses me in film quite as it used to and when something like that comes along it's like you know I don't know. Yeah, but I know what you mean. The only other villain that even comes close to Sugar, Antoine Sugar, I think his name is in that movie, uh, is the Hitcher. <laughs> it's uh, I remember that. It's the guy in the Hitcher. Whoever uh, Rugger Hauer is equally the '80s version. Yeah, the '80s version of the Hitcher is like. Yeah. Right up there with like super creepy, right in your face kind of dude. Um, I think they re- when they redid the Hitcher, that Sean Bean plays the you know, Sean Bean. Sean Bean played no. 006 in Goldeneye, no. and he's in uh, oh. he's in Game of Thrones. You don't know what I'm talking about. No. Um, the, the, the remake is really bad, but. I'll have to I'll have to look at that movie. Again. Okay, I'll check that out again. The Hitcher. I remember okay. it, but so I don't remember it. Sum up the whole Skyfall thing. Like, I just didn't. I didn't really get James Bond. I didn't really get James Bond. He was just down in the dirt. 
you know, the whole time. He just wasn't classy. You know, maybe this is a good, like, beginning thing. Like, if this truly is the beginning of James Bond. Right. I you mean, know, and then, he, then he just gets classier and classier and, like, more and more top shit shelf shit. That's cool. I, I guess. mean, I think that's kind of, but that's Daniel Craig's kind of thing. I mean, he's he's so much more rough and, you know, Pierce Brosnan was kind of the opposite, and Pierce Brosnan was kind of all class, but not like kind of a. You never really believed him at being like a a real menace as far as a <laughs> beating up bad guys, did you? Yeah, not really. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit, but no, not really. And I thought Skyfall was was uh, was good, but maybe a little bit overrated. Okay, so then the the, th- the last thing did you see uh, Django Unchained? I did see Django Unchained. Yes. <laughs> did you? What do you think about Django Unchained? It was too long. <laughs> <laughs> this is, we can call this podcast the most critical <laughs> movie reviewer in the. I mean, okay. World. Uh, I think that Tarantino is becoming a caricature of himself. That he's not making musical choices intelligently anymore. Like, he was really slipping in this one. Like, one of the reasons you watch a Tarantino movie is is for that, that... It's called apophenia, which means seeing a pattern in totally random events basically so like when it, when you look at clouds and you see a dog you know that's epiphenia uh when you like like i do you rent a movie or you like download a movie you turn off the sound and you turn on like a jazz station and you're like oh my god things are totally lining up that's epiphenia and i think tarantino utilizes that and has in the past very well and he's sort of known for it he like plays a song juxtaposing, you know, the right. action going on. Other directors could not get away with that because it's like almost become a Tarantino like thing. But I felt like he was sort of slipping in this movie. It didn't quite hit the same some of the songs he picked just like weren't as they didn't work out very well. They were like too too close to what I don't know what I don't know what it was. It just I didn't Was it like, I mean I I I think I, I liked most of the musical choices, but the only ones that kind of fell flat were um, there's a Rick Ross who's a rapper. Um, that one, yeah. Black Black Coffins, and then I mean I know I mean everyone loves Tupac, but it I don't know I just don't really like, hip hop in a Tarantino film doesn't really feel right to me quite. I mean I don't know, it, but I, I know what you're talking about. I mean I don't know this might sound crazy, but. I felt like that was too contextual for that method of juxtaposing music with imagery. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was too close. It was too close to the themes that he was working with and whatnot, you know? Yeah. I know what you mean. Just, uh, do you know who Ennio Morricone is? No, I don't. Is an Italian composer who did, you know, like the good, the bad, the ugly and a ton of, um, I mean, like, I think over 200 movies he scored. But uh, usually he uses quite a few. Ever since Kill Bill, he, he he's used a lot of his music. Um, and I was hoping that, because he's still alive, I think he's, like, either in his late 80s or 
around there, but I thought he, that Tarantino was going to get him to score the film. Cause I mean, I don't think there is a Tarantino. I'm actually, I'm positive. There isn't a Tarantino film with like the whole score's original music. Um, but it, it kind of Ennio Morricone's signature music, it kind of defines spaghetti Westerns. So I was hoping that that would be the case where he would, he would compose a new score for this. And he ends up using Tarantino uses two of, to Ennio Morricone's songs, but, but, uh, yeah, it, it was a little bit disappointing. I thought too, in movies are getting to be so long. You're there were there? some really good successes, of course, in that movie. Uh, the, the German guy mm-hmm. is a fantastic character, uh, yeah. who's, who's flawed, who is, you know, aware of his own hypocrisy is aware of, you know, his role in life is aware of the sort of situation that he's in, the people he has to deal with. I mean, he's a very, very, very good character. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Django himself, pretty flat character in a lot of ways. Like, you empathize with him, but you're not really, like, you don't really see very, like, very many character traits, really, until way, way, way later in the movie. I mean, Uh, really, he's just kind of playing it, like, cool. Really, I mean, isn't that kind of basically? I mean, it's, there's not a lot of dimensions to his character. Other, I mean, other than, I mean, I guess obviously his uh, loved one is his, is it his wife or is his just his love? Maybe they're well, not we married. Might as well say they're married. Come on, yeah. Um, I do remember that Will Smith was possibly going to play Jamie Foxx's role. And but I'm pretty sure he declined. I think Tarantino actually wanted him to do it, um, and that would that would have definitely been interesting, because <laughs> um, obviously Will Smith does not do any roles that are anywhere near controversial. He stays very 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 far away from that kind of thing. But yeah, I, I would say out of all these films we talked about, I think I like that one the most. But, um, you know, Kill Bill was a real highlight. When I left Kill Bill in the theater, I remembered why I love film so much. It's like it just left me with this feeling of like, oh, man, that was a lot of fun. I didn't really feel that with Django as much. But did you like Kill Bill? I really liked Kill Bill, yeah. The first yeah. one was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you want to know a movie I saw recently that I liked a lot? Yeah, please. This is going to sound really horrible and whatnot, but I don't, I don't give a shit. You know, it's one of these movies that you're just like, I want to come home, we're going to put it on the projector, we're going to project on this sheet in the living room, and like me and Leo, my partner, and James and Blake, my roommates, their partners, we're going to sit in the living room, we're just going to watch a fucking rom-com, we're going to like it, we're going to have a good time, we're going to snuggle and shit. And the movie was uh, The Silver Linings Playbook, it was a really good movie. Oh uh, yeah, I've heard good things about Did that. Did you see I that movie? Seen it. No, I haven't seen it yet. I think... You were really going to like the script. Probably will. I laughed out loud multiple times. And then I got a little teary one way. It's just horrible. I did it. (laughs) Do you feel guilty? I feel a little guilty. I could have used that salt for something else. I don't know. I'm not going to ask about that. Uh, Oh, did you see Robot and Frank? No, but I thought about you when I saw that trailer. Robot and Frank is also really good. They, have, they do a really good 
combination of Alzheimer's and new technology and how that plays out. It's pretty good. Hmm. Maybe I'm getting old. I don't know, but it's good. I like it. You, you watch a lot of movies, don't you? Apparently I do. You know, it's funny because I love movies so much, but I got to a point where it really takes a lot to like keep my interest for the whole duration of the movie. Like I'll start a movie, but like 30 minutes in, I usually kind of lose interest in it. Yeah. And I think that actually is due to being really desensitized to a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but uh, can you hear that dog barking? No. 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 But okay. Did you know that that's one of the most quoted things in all of literature? Somewhere a dog barked. It's all through all kinds of shit. It's in it's in every novel. That's interesting. Huh. I'll have to write that down. <laughs> um. Well, do you want to end on a hypothetical question that's kind of personal? Absolutely. I wouldn't want okay. to end in any other way. Now, I and I might have even asked you this before, but uh, I don't think so. Okay, so there's going to be a big dinner party. Yeah. And every girl that you've slept with is going to be invited to this dinner party. So it's going to be a small party. <laughs> right. It's going to be a small party. <laughs> Awkwardly and, small dance party. Right. No, and good. they're all going to attend be a huge party. every single one of them. <laughs> and, you know, eagerly attending. It's not like, they, they, I mean, I think they're pretty excited about it. You know, maybe they don't even know that you've slept with every single other person in attendance. (laughs) But you have to make a speech. Maybe that's going to be the main entertainment for the night. I don't know. But you're going to have to make a speech and in front of everyone. And the question is, what do you talk about in front of all these people you've slept with? Uh, is Is it literally just me? And these women? Yes, and I think so. No, they didn't bring any part. They didn't bring no anyone else. else. There's no. no one else. There's no one else. Maybe maybe there's a, like a catering service or something like that, or waiters, but no one that that's related to either them or you in some kind of friendship or <sighs> any other way. My speech is the main entertainment for the evening. Right. I mean, it, you know, and again, it, I don't know if it necessarily has to be entertaining, but it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, at least they'd, there'd be something enjoyable about the evening. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell you the first couple things that came to mind. Okay. My first reaction was, I want to, I want to sort of disarm everybody. So I want to say something embarrassing. You know what I mean? Something, embar- something embarrassing that happened to me when I was really little, before I knew any of them. Potentially, I would tell the story about uh, about Alicia Presley, this beautiful woman that I knew in eighth grade. She was an eighth grader also, <laughs> and uh, thank God. And she uh, she was a. Uh, I was. I had a huge crush. I'm not going to tell the speech right now. Anyways. Look at you. Getting <laughs> flustered and shit. <laughs> no, I'm not. My roommate's That's just cute. Uh, so I'd tell that story, and that would disarm everybody. And then uh, and then I'd probably tell a story about when I'm really old. I would just make up some bullshit story as if it had already happened. That was really embarrassing about how, I don't know, I couldn't 
couldn't flush the toilet myself and I needed all this help and stuff like that. Something weird. You'd show vulnerability. I would, uh, yeah, I would basically just go on a little roast about myself for a little while. And then I would probably do something like I would hand out, I would hand out scissors to all of them. And I would sit in a chair in the middle of the room and I would get a haircut. Holy shit. From all of them. Wow. And that's if they want to participate, right? I mean, they might not want to. That's right. So anyone who wants to handle the scissors and cut your hair, yeah. would that be like symbolic of something? Or Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably, I feel like at first I'd probably thank them each individually for coming out, like coming out <laughs> that evening. <laughs> and I would like probably be like, you know, very complimentary, like, oh, that's a nice dress, you know. Look at your hair. That's nice. Look at that. Dude, that, that would you equal know. a riot immediately. And then I'd probably ask for, you know, just because that I've done improv, I would probably just ask for a one word suggestion and I would tell a story based on that one word suggestion. And maybe it would be multiple stories, but um, that probably wouldn't relate to any of them. I mean, hopefully, but I guess I would try to keep it as low key as possible, you know? I wouldn't want anyone getting excited or anything. How would you navigate the fact that... Well, do you remember what my dad told me when I was 13? Before I had slept with anybody or even had any idea about anything? Do you remember what do he I, told me? I wish, man. I wish. No, I don't remember. He said, Dan, once you've been in, you can always get back in. <laughs> so you're trying to say... You, you realize that your current partner will be in attendance. I know. But what I'm telling to you is that, like, these women are probably going to want to sleep with you that night. All of them. Uh, oh, I doubt it. And you're going to have to somehow... I doubt it. <laughs> I'm guessing that some, some of them are going to get pretty drunk and say things that they're going to regret at a later time. I think there was a Third Rock from the Sun episode where this happened. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Anyway, that that's my that's my hypothesis. I know I realize it's not a deep one, but uh well there's a moment when they're showing up because obviously some of them will know other ones. Yeah. Yeah. And so for there's sure. Gonna, They'll there's going to be out. a moment when they're like, "Oh my god, she's here." And oh yeah. my god, she's also here, and then all of a sudden everyone is going to know that everyone else oh, has yeah. been your part, you know, and it's just that that information is going to sweep across the crowd. When that's happening, you need to you need to drop some serious joke or something <laughs> to, to 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 let that at ease. You know, something like, "Well, I didn't expect you all to be here." I don't know. <laughs> something really funny that's relevant. Otherwise, it's gonna be a riot, and you don't mean a good kind of riot. <laughs> it's gonna be a protest of you. That's what I mean. It's gonna be a real pussy riot. <laughs> I, I guess that I makes just, sense. I guess right? I just walked right into that one, didn't I? I'm, I'm using that in terms of like the uh, yeah. protest band yeah. in Russia. I know what you mean. Right, that was a bad pun. Well, it's a good. It's a good, it's a good question. It's been a, it's been a good time tonight. You know, I mean, I don't think we've probably entertained a single person with any of this. Except for myself, which I'm deeply entertained at the moment. I think Danny, Fire. I, I, I'm having a great time. 
I've had a better time. The more that I talk to you, the better the time gets. <laughs> You're setting yourself up for deep disappointment. No, what I'm saying is uh, <clears throat> one thing that I'd like to take into consideration because this is a podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry for for you that are that are listening right now is that uh, I want to talk when we talk about who's listening. Mm-hmm. We should only talk about one person. We shouldn't talk about a group of persons or whatever, because like we just want to talk to a single person, you know? So, and when we're like you at home listening to this right now, it's just like, it's so, so it's just, we're just talking to the same. So it's only three of us in the room right now. And that, and then the person is just not saying anything, but they're there with us talking. Listening. Uh, that's a good, that's a good point. It's probably going to be the truth about the, listeners anyway like they're probably if there's anyone that's gonna listen to it probably just be one person yeah and they're gonna be like lonely just quiet people (laughs) (laughs) like us like us yeah well this has been uh the first episode of uh what was the name of our podcast again away we go not (laughs) away we talk as we speak as we speak, the this podcast. episode was called "You Are Human." You are human, and uh, we'll be back. We'll be back soon. Next week. Next week. With either an episode called "Reverse Hi Hat" or <laughs> "Wash Your Rice Bowl." <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you that might have, that might be a little bit. I mean, we want to stay edgy, so I don't know. Go wash your reverse hi hat. Right. <laughs> I just want to say, go wash your inverse proportion. Exactly. Anyways, and I good. couldn't have said it any better. <laughs>